Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Before we get stuck into Series 5, Episode 15 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, you're going to get a chance to hear exclusive interviews from Manchester United Assistant Manager Mike Phelan and United First Team Coach and Champions League winning ex-midfielder Michael Carrick. These came just after we recorded the normal pods while I was attending the world premiere for the new Busby film, a brilliant biopic documenting the life of Samat Busby. I think it comes out on November the 15th online. Both Phelan and Carrick are fantastically down-to-earth, as we all know, and accommodating as well. And you'll hear a bit more from them in a full episode on the Busby film, as well as interviews with Willie Morgan, Jimmy Murphy Jr., Roy Kavanagh, Daniel Harris, and many others involved in the film. Phelan and Carrick both seem positive. They're excited by United's young talents, as are we on the normal episode of this podcast. And they're confident that the, the ship is being steered in the right direction. You'll hear from Phelan first, and then Michael Carrick. Yeah, but our bad spells are a game, aren't they? It's yeah. like you, you lose a game, it's a bad spell. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any other club goes through that type of... <laughs> that type of emotion but but we know exactly the capabilities of every player at the at the football club every player wants to play for Manchester United I do believe that um, and when they do they really embrace the enormity of the football club at the moment we're playing a lot of young players it's starting to show itself again and and Ollie is being brave now in, in, in giving the, the, those players the opportunity and blending that with some senior players at the football club so yeah we know we've got a We've got a difficult task, but it's a great task. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to spend it at Manchester United to try and achieve something? I've been fortunate enough to have, to have had some great moments at Manchester United. And believe you me, I'm the same as Ollie. I want to do it all over again. And as a, as a veteran player, is, is uh, the term given to, to the elder midfielders these days, and then now a coach, you must have spent the last five years looking down to those young players and to see them come through now. What, what kind of advice have, have you given to people like Angel and, and Scott and, and Ethan Galbraith, all these ones are Dylan Levitt about to come through? Yeah, I've, I've, since I got probably to my late 20s, uh, you know, you, you, listen, I was a kid once, you know, I came through and I, was, I had good senior lads above me who helped me a lot. Um, so I've always been trying to want stick an eye out and keep an eye out for the young lads and help them a little bit. Um, and fortunately now, we, you know, we have got some real, real talented young lads. Um, 
and you're just trying to help them as best as you can. You know, it's some some of them take the chance and, and go on and, and uh, to the next level, and, and, and not everyone can do that. So it's um, but when you do see it and you give them a chance and, and they take it, it's it's pretty special. So um, at the moment, yeah, there's, there's lads getting the chance. I'm sure there'll be a few more getting the chance in, in months to come and, and years to come, and it's just about keeping that rolling on. Definitely Manchester United. Too far for Ronaldo to think about it. Oh! Absolutely sensational! It's red in Russia. This English night in Europe is Manchester United's night. Manchester United bounce back from a defeat in Bournemouth to score six goals in two games and win them both comfortably. Partizan Belgrade and Brighton and Hove Albion are seen off. United play the kids and win. It's a positive week. We review both of those games and as always, Isaacs. And as always, there's our extensive youth loan and women's roundup ahead of Women's Football Weekend in England. That's on Series 5, Episode 15 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Enjoy. Six goals in two games. It's uh, I think it's the first time that United have done that since March, um, which which will come as no surprise to you or, or anyone listening to this. But at the same time, two uh, two weak opponents. But United did exactly what was demanded and expected of them, which is a pretty rare thing to do for for this side. Yeah, very rare occurrence for this side. It was a, a very very good week for Man United, and it's not not been something we've been able to say very much in the last year or so. It's a brilliant performance against Brighton, probably our best of the season. And for once, in both the games against Brighton and against Partizan Belgrade, we actually put together a full 90 minutes of performance. And I think that is the biggest positive that we can take out of this. You know, these are two wins that we we should be getting. It's not like these two wins are kind of setting us apart from anything or changing the way that we feel about the club necessarily. But I think the biggest thing for me is that we actually strung together an entire match of of a decent and very good performance in the case of the Brighton game. And that is something we haven't seen, even in our best performances of, of the year. You know, you look at the Chelsea game, we, we only performed really for one half, whereas against Brighton and against Partizan, it was the entire 90 minutes. And that is a massive positive for us going forward. Yeah, that's exactly the the theme I was about to come on to, is that United for once performed for, for the entire 90 minutes. And these two games, Partizan and Brighton, it's the first time it, it's happened. Um, and, and you've just said it, and I've said it before, but to reiterate, that, that win against Chelsea were only good in the second half. The draw against Liverpool... It seemed like a good performance, but it was gutting at the end because the second half just wasn't as good as the first. Arsenal, we were only good in one half as well. So that, and and I guess the caveat, as 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 we always say, is that this is part of them Belgrade at home, Brighton at home. Now we have uh, we have struggled against teams like this before. We've struggled against Brighton before away from home, but at Old Trafford with with a good atmosphere for both games, United uh, have have done what's been asked of them, and and not only that, but I think the the second important thing as well as being good for 90 minutes is that United conceded while being ahead 
but then stayed ahead, pushed for more and got that third goal to kill the game off, which is I don't think has been done for, for a long time. Not at all. I was honestly dreading it when, when Brighton scored their goal because because it looked like all of the good work that we've done might have might be about to become undone and it might all end up being for nothing because how many times have we seen these United side kind of capitulate like that where we can see one goal and then it, it's like we just sit back and we're just trying to protect the lead and sit on what we have. And it's been a big criticism that we've had of Solskjaer and this team that when we do have a one goal lead, we tend to just sit back and try and hold on to hold on to it regardless of who we're playing. So that response to the Brighton goal was fantastic. And that is something that we need to see more of in that we aren't good enough defensively to hold out against teams for 20, 30 minutes if we're just sitting on the edge of our own box. We've seen it so many times this season where we're under the cosh and we, and we just can't do it. You look at, even go all the way back to the Wolves game uh, when Ruben Neves' goal. Yes, that was a wonder strike, but we'd been under the cosh for 10, 15 minutes at the start of the second half. Back to the Liverpool game is like really the obvious one. Even the Arsenal game as well and uh, Chelsea's goal in the in the League Cup last week. You know, it it, it Matt, the pressure builds up, but that response that we had to the Brighton goal was fantastic. We came straight out, straight back, <clears throat> came straight out, straight back on the attack, and we got the goal that we deserved. And in the end, that second half performance was was pretty fantastic. Honestly, we we probably should have scored about five or six. Yeah, uh, James and Solskjaer both came out after the game and said they didn't know how we hadn't scored five, six, seven. Um, but yeah, it, it's that it's a fact that United responded immediately. It's not happened much in the last three, four, five years, even we've we've crumbled too often and it, it's not always been in the high profile games it's not been when United have played fantastically well but United have gone ahead uh, you mentioned Wolves Liverpool Arsenal many other times uh, Newcastle in, in past years Wolves gone by um, it, it's happened so much and instead and I think it was helped by the openness and maybe naivety of Brighton uh, they're a side kind of building towards something and, and with a certain style of play that makes them very good to watch but also can leave them very open but it, it was a fantastic response and I remember you asked me last week about uh, celebrating Marcus Rashford's goal in the press box against Chelsea the free kick well I've I generally managed to stay quite quite neutral in press boxes but uh, I was in it for for the Brighton game on Sunday and Brighton had just scored and and you I I think we all got that sense of oh here, here we go again and United went right up the other end Fred played this wonderful pass to Anthony Martial Martial back to Rashford and then he paused waited and you, you got this kind of sense of anticipation in Old Trafford waiting for the miss and then in off the underside of the crossbar and I I had a, a, a little jump which is I think is actually the first time I've ever done that in a in a press box but <laughs> that was that that was the the amount of relief that that I had because of that Rashford goal because it was something that just is is so rare for United and, and is a really good sign. Yeah, it's a really, really positive sign to see that we can actually respond properly to that because this team, one of the major things that we've criticised them for is that they don't seem that very mentally strong a lot, a lot of the time. And when one thing goes wrong, sort of the entire team's head, heads go down, they don't know how to respond properly. But that response to Brighton's goal was, was fantastic. And that's exactly what we want to see because when, when a team scores against us, it shouldn't be that we go into our shell. You know, we the comfort of having a two-goal lead is massive. So the response to that shouldn't be oh, we're just going to retreat, sit back, try and protect what we have. It should be, no, we're going to come out and we're going to try and put our foot down, get our authority back in this game and restore that two-goal lead. And it it's sort of, I don't really know if it's a, a mindset shift from Solskjaer that then sort of pervades down to the players. I don't know if it's something that requires leaders on the pitch. I, I honestly don't really know what what it is that ends up instilling that in the players. But that sort of mindset 
of not retreating and and keeping your foot on the pedal is exactly what we need. Yeah, I I think it it might be down to the lack of leaders on the United side, but also this side has has had these issues for so long. I I think the lack of leaders has been there for some years, but I think the fact that over the last three or four years this has been a constant issue, it just builds and builds and, and the United players must get this sense of, oh, well, here we go again. Just, just as fans do, of well, this is going to happen again, and th- yeah, that's not how a, a professional footballer should work, but that's how things do work because they they are humans, and and on the mental side of things, it, it you have to be of a of serious character to control that, and some of them are, some of them are not, but yeah, I think it I think it needs someone uh, a leader, and and Harry Maguire was captain against Brighton, and and did a good job. I loved when, when Brandon Williams went off after a fantastic performance, which we'll talk about in a second. Maguire gave him a little hug and a, and a little word in his ear. A uh, nice tweet after about him as well. And Maguire, I've, I've, I'm fairly sure, will be permanent United captain, club captain by, by the start of next season. And, and this will be the, the, the future of United's leadership. And fully deserved as well. He's been a rock for us ever since he came here. It's funny how you don't really hear anyone talking about Maguire's price tag anymore because he settled in very well and his performances have backed up what we paid for him. And quite frankly, he is exactly what we need at the moment. He was as commanding as ever against Brighton. I thought it was a great performance. Every single time the, the ball went into feet of, of either uh, Malpire, Connolly or, or uh, Murray when he came on, you know, it was just brilliant defending every single time from from Maguire to stop that supply line into into feet, into the Brighton forwards. And, you know, I, I just think he's he's been a brilliant signing for us. And you're you're dead right. I'd be very very surprised if he isn't club captain very very soon because he deserves it. He is a leader for us on the pitch, both in terms of you can see the way he's the one kind of organising everything, but also in the way that he plays. He leads by example. He looks so calm under pressure, and he's the exact kind of person that you would want as your captain. We haven't really talked about him that much recently, honestly. Um, just I think with everything else that's been going wrong around us, there's there hasn't been much attention yeah. on it. But I think it is right that we highlight that. Even in the run of bad form, his performances haven't really dropped. He's been as solid as ever. Yeah. Um, before we talk about some some other uh, players in in particular, Brandon Williams, Fred, uh, and a couple of others, Anthony Marshall as well. The, the final thing on the team as a whole is that's probably as entertaining as you're going to get from this United side. And it's it's the same conclusion as as Thursday against Partizan. They could and should have scored five or six in in both games, but as performances go, that's that's much better. And not great opposition, but what was expected. Now, Brandon Williams, uh, I'll, I'll leave you to talk about him first, and then and then have my own say on him. Well, I, think, I mean, you you watch more more of the youth team than I do, so maybe maybe this wasn't such a such a shock for you. But for me, I just I just didn't expect this from him. I knew, you know, I'd, I'd seen Brandon Williams a few times, and he looked good in in the uh, in the under 18s and the under 23s. But I never expected this transition to the first team to be as, as smooth as it has been for him. He looks. Just he looks phenomenal. He he really does. I think the thing I was worried about with him is is sort of the physical side of the game because he's quite small. He's not he's quite small. He's not the quickest player, but the way he's moved, he's he's kind of made that move to the to the first team has been honestly just in, incredible. He looks so calm both when someone's running at him, when he's he's sort of defending from a corner, and then when he's on the ball going forward, he looks very very good. He's added a lot going forward for us. I think just that calmness and that level headedness that he has is is brilliant. And I think. He should be starting every game for us at the moment. There's absolutely no way that any of our other options are uh, are better than him, especially while Luke Shaw is out injured. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in particular in a second. But on on him, but without comparing him to Shaw and Ashley Young first, yeah, I mean, 
as as a, as a as a kid coming through the the ranks, he's always been a talent. You've had Brandon Williams on the left and, and Ethan Laird on the right, two really really good fullbacks, and then in the middle there's been um, some other good centre backs as well. But w- the thing about Williams is he is a. I mean, I mean, you talk about him as, as being small, but he's this little scrappy fighter of a of a talent, and it, it's not that surprising because the way he plays is is aggressive, really direct, really confident. Um, and you you said level headed now. I, I know what you mean in terms of in terms of his actions on the ball, in terms of how he goes into a tackle, um of what he does when he when he gets the ball back. Yeah, very calm, very composed. But as a as a character, uh he can be he can be aggy, he can be um he can be close to getting yellow red cards pretty often. Uh, there was one where he squared up to, I think it was Morpe of, of, of Brighton. He gave him a little shove in the back into the advertising hoarding, as he did with Hudson-Odoi against Chelsea, and then he squared up to Morpe. And, and he, he's little, so he stares up at these these professional footballers five years his senior, and they walk away because that, that's the kind of character he is. I think you know, it was a pre-season behind closed doors friendly in, in the summer where he got sent off for headbutting the Accrington Stanley captain after after one of them had thrown a punch. So <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of character that, that United have got at left back and United fans will love it because, I mean, Raphael was probably the most recent example of it. Is this, this little scrappy fighter at fullback who's quick, aggressive, direct, not necessarily the best defender. But I think the the positive thing from Williams as a as a defender is his reading of the game has is probably been better than I thought it was or thought it would be when he transitioned yeah. into the first team because he's he's been good at under twenty threes but the challenge hasn't always been there. The the good thing is you're seeing him stepping in front of the the man he's marking and intercepting the ball rather than waiting for him to receive it and then going for the tackle. I think that makes him slightly different to Aaron Wambasaka on the other side because Wambasaka's timing in the tackle is so so good he doesn't need to do that. But Williams steps in front of of the man he's marking, takes the ball, and when he gets on it, is 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 excellent on it as well. Well, I think that that's probably the hardest thing of stepping up from the under twenty threes into the first team is being able to read the game because it moves so much quicker and the kind of movement that you have around you is just so much better you know the one-on-one stuff doesn't change too much maybe the players might be a little bit bigger a little bit better on the ball but that stuff kind of remains largely the same what's really tough especially as a, as a defender is being able to read the game and actually understand where where you need to be positionally and so that to be able to do that so seamlessly is is brilliant at, and when I first started watching him in the first team the person I immediately thought of was Gary Neville I mean I just think I watch him and almost every single part of his game looks so similar to, to Gary Neville. Like you said, this little, very, pretty small diminutive in, in terms of his size, but never shies away from a fight, never never shies out of a tackle, isn't the most technically gifted, but always does a job and offers us a lot because he's so direct going forward. And that's, that's exactly all of the traits that made Gary Neville so loved and such a great fullback for United. Obviously, he plays on a different side of the side of the pitch, but I think that there is so much there that you can love about Brandon Williams for a lot of the same reasons that Gary Neville was so adored by United fans as well. Yeah, I think he's probably, I, I, I get the, the comparison, I think he's probably better technically relative to his age than than Gary Neville was. Um, I think the, the way he defends is pretty good, the way he attacks, and I don't know if we've seen this completely yet. There's been a, a couple of examples of it, um, I think against Partizan in the away game when he won the penalty, that Anthony Martial scored you see this trait of his where he's he's got great pace and he's also got this this little technique of, of running into the box coming in from the left hand side drawing the defender in and then suddenly slowing down and the defender goes in for the tackle and Williams just falls over um, having, having been fouled but obviously he's looking for it and 
it's earned countless penalties in, in we've seen it in the first team once and it, it's happened in the under-23s and under-18s as well. That kind of attacking threat, um, that attribute that he has is a, is, is a really positive one. Um, there were there were four or five times within the first half an hour that the, the East Stand at Old Trafford kind of got to its feet, cheered when, when Williams made a tackle or a run or a piece of play. Um, it's, it's a great start to his Premier League career. Alex Sykes has, has sent a question in on Twitter saying, what does the future hold for Luke Shaw now that Brendan Williams is starting to establish himself as a first-team quality fullback to replace Young? Now, before we answer that one, we've got another question. Same kind of idea, but a slightly different angle, which shows the, the variety in opinion. JCW off Twitter says, what are your thoughts on Brandon Williams? Can he replace Young in the starting lineup, And would you take him over healthy Luke Shaw? So some people are instantly putting him above Shaw. Some people are a little more reserved. What, what are your thoughts? I think at the moment, Luke Shaw probably offers more going forward than Brandon Williams, but defensively, Williams is probably better. You really have to go with with Williams just because of the potential that's there. I think, despite the fact that Luke Shaw is still quite young, I think we've seen we, we kind of know know what we're getting with Luke Shaw at this point. You know, he is an average to slightly above average left back who probably isn't going to cost you a game, but also isn't going to really do much to to win it for you. And and that's fine. You know that that's not really something that that should be scoffed at. But I think for me, Williams has potential to be a lot better than Shaw. I'm not saying we should get rid of Luke Shaw, but I think especially because of the way his injury history is, he's just not really someone that you can rely on, I don't think, to be in the starting lineup playing at 100% every single week. And I think based on his performances so far, we have to, you have to say Brandon Williams is the one that we have to, that we have to stick with because there is, there is no reason to, to change it at the moment. He hasn't put a foot wrong. Yeah, I think, I think Solskjaer said in the, in the press conference, he was asked about Brandon Williams and he said, he hasn't he hasn't done anything wrong so um and he kind of looked not nervous as he said it but he, he kind of had this sense of he knew he knew what he was saying and he knew what kind of message it sent when he said I don't know if I can drop him anymore um or rest him anymore I certainly think he, he shouldn't be rested or dropped for Ashley Young for for when Luke Shaw comes back I think there's there's no reason to be starting Williams in every game because Shaw is as you say slightly above average left back and and is fine for United and also should should the, the the point is with Williams is no one expected him to come in this quickly now he's taken it in his stride the United coaches are, are delighted with that the fans are delighted with that but at the same time you've got to hold him back just slightly because that's how a, a, a young player progresses well into into a United side so some fans were upset by it, but resting him in 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 favour of Ashley Young against Partizan on Thursday was the right decision because it meant he was fully rested for for the Sunday game against Brighton and, and performed very well. So, when United have a have a big run of fixtures, he should probably be playing one game a week, and that would be the right thing. As for the important games, if you said who would you start right now, I'd say Brandon Williams because on the, at right back you've got such a solid defender in Aaron Wan-Bissaka. In, in midfield, in uh, the middle of defence, if you've got Maguire and Twanzebo or Lindelof, I'm reasonably comfortable with that. So having Williams, who hasn't got a lot of experience, but is looking great, is is fine with me. So rotate them for this season. And I think by the start of next season, you would hope, if things continue as they are, that Brandon Williams will be you know, starting left back. Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely no need to kind of rush Brandon Williams' progression here. You know, I think ultimately he should be ahead of Luke Shaw in the pecking order, but... Like you said, there's no need to be playing him two or three times a week. We do have, I mean, Ashley Young is not incredible, but he is a 
you know, a, a serviceable replacement that can come in and do a job for us. When we get Luke Shaw back, then we'd have two left backs in, in Shaw and Williams who can both come in and, and and play pretty well for us. So it's quite a nice position to be in and that we don't we don't need to throw Brandon Williams sort of into the fire every single game. We do have that luxury of being able to rotate a little bit and it's exactly what we should be doing. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Williams got a suspension at some point in the season as well, having having <laughs> seen the, the the way he responds to, to various tackles and, and the way he throws attackers around a bit. But that's that's the same thing we had with Raphael. And I think I don't think that comparison's been made very much. I think they're quite different players, but in terms of their aggression and, and their scrappy nature, they are they are similar in the, in that kind of way. Um Right, there's there's a couple more players I want to talk about before we move on to our youth roundup. Um, the first comes from a question from Falling and Laughing on Twitter. Says Fred and Andreas Pereira starting to become regulars because of the the absence of Popper. Thoughts on if they're improving and can they develop into what is expected of a United player, or should we replace in summer? It seems it's an either or situation for both. I think that's an interesting thing. Is is that for for both as as this person says they either make it United this year or maybe they move on next year. I, I don't know if that's definitely true. I think Fred will stick around. I think Solskjaer's just going to keep him around and because he, he's not the kind of player that will uh, throw a tantrum if he's not starting so much so that it's going to affect the squad. Same goes for Andreas Pereira, although maybe it's a little different. He has pushed for, for more game time at other points in his career. Fred, I've said on here a couple of weeks in a row, his good form has been good but there are still some obvious errors in his game. I think there was a moment in the 87th minute, I remember taking a note of it, where he just played an absolutely terrible pass across the the, the middle of the park that gave Brighton a counter-attack in, in, on Sunday. And that was one little lapse in concentration, one bad pass in big games. That's not good enough. You, you cannot be having that from the person who is one of the, the main players in the side. So... He, he's doing well. He played two fantastic balls for the first goal and the third goal. Um, completely made those goals between the line passes and, and really good. There's some lovely shows of, of, of good footwork and he's definitely got his confidence up. He's playing a little bit quicker. His passes are getting better, but there are still those weaknesses there. I, I think for me, I, I think this, this this season probably is make or break for, for Pereira. I don't see him sticking around at United, United if Solskjaer doesn't see him in a starting role next season. I think for Fred, though, I think Fred will probably stick around, as you said, pretty much regardless of what his role will likely be. But I, I do think Fred, more more so in the last like two to three weeks, has really started to come on, though. I think for me, this season, his role has been he's been a very good sort of disruptive presence in midfield. He's actually been, been very good defensively. He's just sort of always buzzing around and manages to, to often get a toe in and then sort of dump the ball off to someone else for them to, to go and create things for us. But in the last couple of weeks, he's actually been offering us more on the ball. He's he started to look forward a lot more when he picks up the boy in midfield. It was all very much sideways to McTominay or backwards to one of the centre-backs. Whereas now he seems to be looking forward a lot more and actually looking to get us on the front foot. And as you said, the, the balls that he played for the first and third goals were, were really the best evidence you can you can get want of that. So I think for Fred, the signs are looking positive. Pereira, I, I, I just can't make my mind up about Pereira. I said a few weeks ago that he's not good enough for United and I still don't really think he is. I, I, it's just his decision-making frustrates me a lot because he gets himself in some great positions. He plays some lovely passes. But then you see him where there was a there was a point uh, in the second half of the Brighton game. I can't remember exactly what minute it was. But he picked up the ball on the edge of the box. Dan James was screaming for it out to his right and would have had a, a, a really nice, a nice opportunity to shoot. And Pereira ended up shooting himself from 
25 yards out. And it, it wasn't a bad shot. I think it forced a decent save for Matty Ryan. But it's just, it was such a better option to play out to, to Dan James. I just think his decision-making at times just isn't good enough for Man United. So I'm still not convinced on, on Pereira. I think Fred has been improving a lot in the last few weeks, as has Pereira. But I just think he needs he needs to add more to his game. He needs to mature, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with most of that. I think Pereira is, is probably the one where he, he might not stick around. And we've seen that Fred... Yeah, I'm I'm torn on both of them, and I'm looking forward to to Paul Pogba coming back because not just because of Pogba's quality, but because I think it'll be interesting. I think it affects both of their long term futures whether they can work in a midfield. Yeah, not necessarily with Paul Pogba, but with a, a main midfielder because Pogba is is the main man in that midfield. The same goes for for Scott McTominay actually, because at the moment United's midfield is so balanced. Um not necessarily balanced in 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 the way that they play but balanced in that those three midfielders are kind of on equal footing whereas when Pogba comes back or if United replace Pogba with someone else of a of a similar stature in in next summer that's a different kind of a, a different kind of midfield so it'll be interesting to see what happens when he does come back and kind of affects uh, the equilibrium there um now Anthony Martial just has has changed Manchester United since he's come back from injury. I think United will will have some more losses. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty nervous about the the away game at Sheffield United. Actually, I think that's that's going to be a really tricky one. But the the link up play that he is providing is making Marcus Rashford and Dan James so much better. Is making the midfield look a lot better, particularly Fred, who is who's feeding those passes between the lines into Martial's feet. Martial was letting the ball bounce off him into Rashford or James, and, and then carry on with the counter attack. So Martial is the reason for this upturn in form. I think. I I don't think we can underestimate the impact that his return has had. You could see from the from the very first game that he came back for. Everyone around him, especially in our in our attack, was completely transformed in the way they went about their business. I just think he gives us such an outlet because his quality on the ball is there, and he gives defenders an, another headache to think about. When you have three players up up top who all who all make defenders worry about them getting in behind you, and Martial, Rashford, and Dan James, that creates such a headache for a defender. And I, I'm a centre back in real in real life, and I absolutely hate having to play against three players up up against the back four, and especially when all of them you know are faster than you and you know can very easily get in behind. It's a nightmare situation to defend. And I think his presence there just makes such a huge difference because not only is obviously that threat of going yeah. in behind there, but I think Martial out, out of the three of them is probably the best at dropping deep and getting involved, involved in the play as well, which I think he's taking advantage of now because we have that threat of going in behind. Defenders don't really want to follow him when he comes deep. And when he picks up the ball on the half turn and then starts running at people, and that is where he's at his most dangerous, really. So I think it, yeah, it's been great having him back, and it's been great to see Solskjaer stick with a 4-3-3 rather than try and shoehorn everyone into a 4-2-3-1 yeah. like he was at the start of the season. Yeah, I think it's working really well, and, and particularly when you can bring Mason Greenwood into it, and, and that can have a, a good impact on the game as well. And I think Martial is doing what we wanted Romelu Lukaku to do. You can say what you like about the Lukaku situation, selling, replacing, leaving, whatever. But Martial is being the the person who links up play as as a central striker for United, and he's doing a really good job. And and you mentioned Dan James; I've, I've completely forgotten to mention him. But what an absolute yeah. joy to watch! Yeah, he really is. He's just the the, the pace, the pace. He, he's he's exhilarating. His decision making has been fantastic, much better than I think any of us expected. The the execution of his of his deliveries is really good. He should have had a couple of assists. Rashford missed an open goal, basically. And he, he's just relentless. He just goes and goes and goes. And he's, he's a 
proper proper winger direct um just just knows what his qualities are and uses them he 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 drew two bookings out of out of brighton on on sunday and he's been compared to andre konchelskis to stevie koppel these are proper old united wingers and not in uh, teams don't need someone like that but to have someone like that is brilliant i i i I, just, I love watching dan james play i really do whenever i see him on the on the on the team sheet i get excited knowing that we're going to see this sort of He's almost a bit of a maverick in, in the way that he plays because you don't always really know what he's going to do on the ball. And I don't really think he knows what he's going to do on the ball all the time. But just the runs that he makes and the, the sort of opportunities that he carves out for us are fantastic. And ultimately, he has surpassed all of our expectations for him this season because not only is he getting into good positions and, and you know, putting in great, uh, has great movement all the time, but the end product is, I mean, is still not perfect, don't get me wrong, but it's it's getting there and it, it's been a lot better than certainly than I expected. Anyway, I I just love watching him play because the way he stretches defenses is so rare to see someone doing that on a regular basis. I mean, it's it's five or six times every single game without fail that he's getting in behind, making fullbacks turn and run back to their, towards their own goal. And defenders hate that; they hate having to turn their backs and and running towards their own goal. So that, I think he's he's been a brilliant sign, and I just love watching him play. Yeah, I I, I was writing a piece today actually about about him because um, Graham Potter gave him his debut while he was Swansea manager, the, the current Brighton manager, and he just said it, it's so good and, and and people haven't expected him to do this well and he's only going to get better and better and he's a, a proper, properly nice character to, to have around as well. And I think I would, the, the, the introduction to this piece was basically Dan James makes you do things you don't want to do. So defenders don't want to face him. They they don't want to get drawn in, but they do. They they give away the foul. They, they get given a booking. And as a fan, you're watching him and... and there are these just kind of noises escaping your mouth when you you watch him kind of tear past his defender and you think, oh, well, I, I didn't mean to say that, but oh well. <laughs> um, and it, it's the same for Marcus Rashford sometimes on the other side when he pulls out that flip-flap. Having them on those wings is just really nice to watch and, and, and a, a really exciting front three for United. So things will probably go downhill again from here, but for now it's looking all right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, like we said at the start of the season, I don't think any of us really expected Dan James to be a starter every week and we don't really expect him to be the future of Man United but he's put himself in that conversation and what we wanted from him was we wanted to see, to see some improvement and to see someone that can offer us something this year that is a little bit different from anything else that we have. He has done exactly that and more and I think now really has actually soon will probably start in, be starting a conversation on do we need to sign someone to replace him over the summer because He's been that good for us and has produced so many good moments that it's making he's he's making an argument for himself that he might be a long term answer. There. I mean, United didn't expect him to be a first team player until December, which is, I mean, we're not even there yet, and he's already being talked about as being United's starting right winger for next season. So, I think it's an interest. I think he needs he needs resting, and I think the same same as Brandon Williams. I think he should be playing one game a week probably. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. right. We we better move on to the youth roundup very quickly before we wrap things up. There was no under twenty three game this week because of the the upcoming international break. The last one was a four one win over Borough that we spoke about last weekend. The under eighteen beat Man City two one, a fantastic victory, um, an all round good performance actually. See the you can see the impact of of a few players dropping down from the under twenty threes. I think there's seven players in the under twenty threes who are still eligible for the for the under 18s and that's why United aren't, aren't running away with the under 18s title but people like Hannibal Medgebury dropping down for the derby and United were, were fantastic Mark Helm and Ted and Mengi scored the two goals 
Rory Delap's son got one back for City, but United held firm to see out the victory and, and move up the table. And they've been drawn against Lincoln City or Wrexham at home in the third round of the FA Youth Cup. Now, the, the women didn't have a game this week either, international break, but they're back on Sunday with a big game against Chelsea away from home, but not in action this week. So we'll update you on that next week in the next episode. Right, Jack, no game this week for United's men's team either. International break, a chance for some rest. McTominay's got an injury, so kind of it's come at an all right time for United and hopefully we'll see Paul Pogba come back after as well he got his cast off today yeah I think it, it's come at a great time for us and we can finally go into an international break feeling pretty positive and something that Solskjaer talked about in his interview after the game yesterday that since the Liverpool game I think we've won five of five of our last six obviously the Bournemouth game was massively disappointing but we're actually going into a break on something of a positive which is a lovely feeling to have it's been I can't remember the last time we went into an international break actually feeling like we were really were sort of on an upward curve. And I think, so I really liked Solskjaer's interview after the game yesterday because he openly admitted, you know, we aren't where we want to be and this hasn't solved all of our problems. But ultimately just having having that little bit of confidence, that little bit of a boost going into the break is is big for us. And it's really nice to feel like that. As you said, this gives us a chance to get some players fit. I really hope McTominay's injury isn't too bad. As you said, Pogba got his cast off today, so hopefully he can be on 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 the mend very soon and back playing for us. It's come at a pretty good time and it'll be nice to go into an international break not completely dreading watching United on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually think this is one of the only international breaks of the last 18 months or so where United, there hasn't been talk about United using it to sack their manager. So that's yeah. that's a, a big positive. Um, and things aren't things still aren't great. United are too far down the league. Um, there's been some terrible performances, but we are doing okay now and hopefully that carries on after the international break. For more from us throughout the week, um, until we come back next weekend, you can hear from Jack on Twitter at... At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And I'm at, at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. So enjoy your week. Enjoy not watching United, even though we, we have been over the last couple of games. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.